Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 102, X-Wing 2.5.25. I am your host, Ed Horton, and alongside me tonight, my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How you doing? Good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. Okay, so we have oodles and oodles of X-Men content to talk about, as seems to be the trend of the last couple of episodes. Um, We've obviously got new points. We've got some new blue text in our rules reference and our erratas and even our scenarios. So we've got a whole bunch of new things that have changed over the last couple of days. We're going to cover over all of them. Before we do that, we're going to talk about what we've been doing in gaming lately. And as usual, I will start with Sean. Sean, what have you been up to lately, my friend? Um, I'm trying to think. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we, I, it, I know it's been a month since we talked. Because okay, so full disclosure, I think we we missed last week, and Chris was kind enough to pseudo record a bonus episode for us with Bruno, um, and was able to get that one out there due to uh, I was on a trip with my kids and recording dates didn't match up and it just turned out to work out better for everyone if we just skipped that week and moved on we tried we did try to get everyone's schedules together but it didn't quite work out so thank you chris you're awesome yeah it was good uh, bruno and zach uh, had fun we had a good chat uh we were gonna record again on um on this week but then i don't know we're gonna try and record again tomorrow i think i'm not sure because um they like I said, I had a good time, and Zach's audio was terrible. So, reminds me yeah. very much of our early lack of focus episodes, where it took a while getting it all dialed in again <laughs> after the hiatus. But no, it was, it well, was really I, good fun. I can think of, I can think about old episodes of Nova that we had to re-record because the crappy free recording software that I was using at the time would just you know go corrupt, and we'd have to start. I can't tell you the number of times we ever had to do that. And you can tell, you can tell those episodes and we're just going over, like there's no reaction. There's no conversation. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> we're moving on. Tell the same jokes. Everybody fake oh. off. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we got good at that. Anyway, Sean, what have you been up to? Um, not a, not a great deal. Um, trying to think cause it's been a month. So I got in a pseudo game of 40 K. You um, did. Um, it was just more learning movement, trying to remember things. Um, my son plays Thousand Sons, so he has a lot of um, whatever it is. the Psychic powers. Yeah, psychic powers. I was going to say psionics because of D&D, but <laughs> um, psychic powers. Um, yeah, for Thousand Sons, it's like a complete, like a second shooting phase for them. It's god awful. Well, and the crazy thing about it, too, is... It's like if you're just playing raw Space Marines against them, and, and I wasn't playing like any command point pieces or anything like that, just to try to get the basics down and stuff. He was because he had to because he's playing Thousand Suns, and uh-huh. my God, is is it you know Thousand Suns versus vanilla Space Marines is just a slaughter. It's it's literally just he wants to and. It's it was it was a good learning experience because now I know I need more stuff like you know the bikes I need some faster stuff that I can get in on them quick um, you know I did some damage but you know all in all I think our rules when it came to combat were about average and 
but when it came to the to the psychic phase man he just tore me off the board and of course like i said i wasn't playing with command points so i couldn't wasn't playing to protect myself against things like that or have extra rolls and things like that yep so um, I was, there are well, a couple I, recommendations i would make on that side of it one a little bit of extra terrain can help that well um, and, and and bear with me on it because i know you made that comment you know when we when i took the pictures one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we didn't do more terrain was, A, we were playing on a restricted field, and so our we didn't have much width. And the other thing was, the concept of it was learning how to move. You know, it wasn't about the terrain yet. That's our ah, next, okay. next phase into this is terrain. And then, you know, we're working our way into it so we don't, so one of us doesn't get frustrated. And yeah. Well, because like bad... even even just having a ruin in there, like even having an extra ruin or two, if you if, if you're hiding behind a ruin, they can't draw a line of sight to you. Hence, they can't cast spells. Correct. And, 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 and I get that. Helps. But we also weren't playing with any. This was literally movement. There was no um, no scenario that we were playing. There were no no nothing in there that gave us points. It was just literally. Point get line of sight, measure, shoot, each other. shoot yeah. each other, move, make sure that we understand. Because those are the basic things that they are. If you don't understand those things, especially from my side, he has to understand his psychic powers. I have to understand my stuff. So it was just the basics. You know, that that's really what it was for. We just haven't had a chance to get together again and do it. But hopefully we will soon. But this week is kind of a crazy week for me, so it won't be during the week. Hopefully next weekend. How many points? Um, how many points did you play? Just out of curiosity, a thousand, roughly. Yeah, that was a that was a two two thousand point lists. And once again, I you know I don't have all my models built, so I'm not one hundred percent built for all of it. I didn't have any librarians out. I didn't have any would have been useful. <laughs> correct, you know. So I didn't have anything like that. I had you know just. Just some heavy hitters, you know, big shooters, heavy hitters, things like that, that can shoot. A couple of them can shoot across the map. A couple of them can do other things. I had one vehicle. Um, I didn't use it for transport. I just used it as a vehicle, which he basically burned off the board in like a turn and a half. And it was it was pretty ugly with that, but it wasn't a tank. It was just a, you know, transport with minor weapons on it and stuff like that. So, so it wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't a big thing. Um, we're slowly working up to getting full gaming in, you know, which is what we're really looking for. But, you know, as it is with any new game, it's, there's so many rules to learn that, there that, are. that it's just better to do it. Um, other things I've been doing, of course, I don't know if I've talked about it on here. I can't remember, but I'm building kind of an in-home arcade. <laughs> um, and I have five cabinets plus two, they're what they call they're called party cades, but they're basically cabinets, 17 inch screen, and each one has 10 in, 10 games. They're all from all everything I have right now is from Arcade One Up. I have Tron, which has Tron and Discs of Tron, which is really cool to play with the Tron joystick and and all that. And then I have a Bandai Namco cabinet. I have the Williams cabinet. I have Atari cabinets. Then I have Frogger that has I got that because it has Time Pilot on it, and that's my so far all time favorite video game to play. Really? And yes, I love Time Pilot. It's 
it's probably one of the more interesting games to play because of the way it plays. You know, it's not a shooter like it's not a up down scroll shooter or anything. It's literally your movement is automatically whichever way you're pointing. So you automatically move that way, but then you're making circular movements. So pretty cool game. Um, and then I got a, a Defender Party Cade Very that has, well, it's not for Defender per se. I got it because it has Gorf on it, which is my number two favorite video game. I did know that. And Sinistar, which is my number three. So that cabinet, which is half the price of the other cabinets I bought, um, I got that. So, And then I got Ms. Pac-Man just because playing Ms. Pac-Man's fun. I like it. I don't like Pac-Man, but I like Ms. Pac-Man. Gotta go with the classics, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then I bought, which I haven't got. Oh, yeah. Well, I also have the Star Wars pinball, which is has 10 games, but it's not like a real pinball machine. It's a pin screen machine. You know, it's a yeah, it's a 30, digital. Yeah, it's a digital screen. So it has 30, 32 inch screen in it, um, which is perfect size for me. It's not a full size pinball machine. And with the size of my house, you know, I don't need full size stuff. Everything's. How did free. what's your review on that real quick? Have you played it played around with it much? Because I'm I was always curious to like like I'm a big pinball fan, and I'm I like curious it. to see how the digital version would work like that. I like it. Um, it has solenoids in it that activate to make like the 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 bumping sound and the dinging sounds. Oh, so, very nice. So, but I mean, I watch a lot of videos with a lot of these people that have been in this arcade world a lot longer than I have. And they're not as happy with it. So if you're into true, you know, true pinball, it's may not be your thing just because it's not going to have all of the bells and whistles that you really want. It has some, but not all. And of course it's a smaller, smaller screen, smaller build, you know, it's not a, like a full size cabinet. It's, it's a big cabinet for, for the space that I have, but it's not too bad. Um, and then I have another cabinet coming from II Arcade, which was a startup I think a couple years ago with this, and it's a Dragon's Lair cabinet. Ooh. And I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And with that cabinet, I can actually I can down I can purchase and download games to it. So the first purchase off that one is Burger Time because you you know I love Burger Time. That is yeah. such a, it's such a great game. Yep. Um, so it's Burger Time. It has Double Dragon on it, and then Ooh. right now their their list of they have like over three hundred games you can purchase and download. It comes with eleven. You can get Space Ace and Dragon's Lair two also. Um, but you know it's it's one of those things where you're. It also has online play, which is cool. So you could play other people that have IR arcades and stuff on some of the types of games that are in there. So that's pretty cool and. It's kind of their 2.0 cabinet, so it's probably still in development. Hopefully, we'll get it, you know, by the end of summer, and I'll have that. And then the final thing I did is I bought a drive from somebody online that has literally every single arcade and console game up to probably Xbox level. Um, oh, wow. PS2. I don't know if it has PS3, but it has PS2. It has over 90,000 games on it. Oh, good lord! It has basically every arcade game. So within the next few months, I'm gonna go with a company to build a cabinet for me that'll be a pedestal cabinet, and I'll use actually the monitor you and Chris are on right now. I will actually use for that 
I'll repurpose it for that. And and basically, I'll be able to play any type of game I ever want. Um, then the final one I per- plan on purchasing is a is the arcade one up NFL Blitz, as long as it comes with the forty nine way joystick. Yep. And has Sinistar on it because yep. you need the forty nine way joystick for Sinistar to be able to move correctly because you need all those points of movement to be able to pick up all the Sinobombs in Sinistar. So that's kind of what I've been working on lately is more of that. And then um, working to rearrange my kitchen and different things like that. So um, not as your place. And of course, well, and of course, and of course uh, we did finish a game called Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Bittersweet on that night. It was nice to finally finish the campaign that we started playing way back when COVID lockdown started happening and nobody could go out anywhere or do anything. Right. Um, it was bittersweet for me. I, 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 satisfying ending. I um, ultimately in the end though, I was really kind of sad to see it go because like my this past Monday rolled around. I'm like, oh, it's D and D night, and I'm like, oh no, no, it's not. <laughs> you yeah. don't have D and D anymore. So. So for me, it was just kind of a Mondays got really hectic for me for a little while there. And of course, other than this week, you can now they'll calm down quite a bit. But um, yeah, so we finished Strahd, which was I don't know what you want to call it. It was it, it was, was Chris's version of Strahd. Like, legitimately, yeah. if we'd have played just the straight module, we'd have probably finished that up in like 10 or 15 sessions. But probably. we but we got a little bit of Chris's flavor added to it, which, to be perfectly honest with you, I think added quite a bit. Um, yeah, because yeah. legitimately, I always feel like any of the wonky spots that we hit inside the campaign that we played was all stuff that came out of the book. All of the cool stuff, all the stuff that I I am going to take good memories from in running that campaign is all the stuff that Chris came up with, which tells me I made a mistake in the beginning by voting for, <laughs> hey, let's do this because I really want to do it. We really should have just done Chris's home campaign and just left it at that. So future reference, the next D&D campaign that we let Chris run, have Chris run, not let Chris. I'm trying to give the poor man a break. He's been running a D&D campaign for two and a half years. So I volunteered to take on the next one whenever we decide to do whatever it is we're going to do. Yeah. Um, just so he can sit down and play because there's a lot of work to set up, especially in this, how, especially how crazy the last couple of sessions were being inside the, the castle. I can't even imagine. And now having been able to crack open the book and look at it, I felt so bad for him as I was reading through. It's like, how did he even navigate this? Yeah, it's. I, I think if we do another D anD would like to do a first edition, second edition D anD D with everybody. Ooh, hell yeah! And you know, we could still use Roll Twenty, I'm sure, because you can upload stuff into it, can't you, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So the majority of the stuff I can get that I would run is already online. So, and we do a campaign where it's kind of like. Uh, you know, you, you do a module over a session or two and then move to the next one and until people either get sick of it or we hit whatever climax I decide. But we can also do it where we could do D&D one week, take a week off, do something else another week, take a week, you know. the Every every Monday thing, I think, can be laborious at times. Yeah, I could see Well, that. right right now, if we started something, let's say, within the next month, you're looking at summertime. So, you know, yeah. kids are out of school for people with kids and, you know, it just, it kind of, lockdown was different because you couldn't really do anything, you know. 
Well, and like, I don't know about the rest of you, but like, we've got a lot of vacations because of the number of dogs that we have. We have five for those who have not mentioned before. Um, it becomes a little bit difficult trying to find someone who's willing to come in and watch five dogs. <laughs> so what this means is we end up taking separate vacations, not because my wife and I are having problems or anything. It's just like simple. It's just easier to have some one person here that the dogs know as opposed to sending us all out. Um, emergencies notwithstanding, like whenever my wife's uh, uh, father passed away, we were out for a couple of days. We were able to find someone to watch him for a couple of days, but beyond that. So for example, I think my wife has taken the kids to Vancouver this summer. And I think I'm on the slate for something else in July, but I don't remember where I'm going. Hmm. I think I'm doing another, uh, another amusement park. I believe my point though, is like, I, I get it because legitimately I, I'm looking at the calendar for June and July and I'm like, Ooh, here's a whole bunch of times that nobody's going to, you know, people are going to be leaving the house. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the, that's the key, you know, in the fall, winter time, winter time, you know, early spring, late fall time is probably time where you go back to three to four week, you know, three to four Mondays type thing, you know, but, you know, cause it's just, I mean, Chris can tell you, it can get stressful when you're trying to put stuff together every week, mm-hmm. you know, you know, unless yeah. you're train tracking everything, which you know, which is a way to do it. But if you want it to be creative and exciting, you really have to really put a lot of time and effort into it as the DM and giving them a break is, is a good way to do it too. I yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to prevent him from having a psychotic episode. <laughs> Let's be fair. <laughs> I think, um, all right. A way that would be better for us to do stuff is like do one weekend a month and hang out for like four or five hours on like a Sunday or something, it's probably that, easier that to might do be the one, better once way, a month yeah. rather than doing a couple of hours a night every week. But yeah, whatever. There's yeah. different ideas and different ways of doing it. Yep. Yeah, I like the longer sessions. You know, the, yeah. the the hard part is for me is that I go to work so early, and you know, once we hit a certain hour, it gets really difficult to get enough sleep and and all of that and a lot of times we start late just because either we're jibber jabbering or someone start you know unable to get there early enough and stuff like that so yeah, i like chris i like chris's idea of the weekend you know saturday evening sunday afternoon type thing saturday evening probably would be perfect yeah. yeah it's not like we don't use that time for recording podcasts about x-wing anyway yeah. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that. So, like, we're <laughs> we're going to have that situation that's going to come up where we're going to cancel D and D because we have to record this one because this one's going to take the priority. Like, it'll happen maybe once or twice. It'll be yeah. fine. It'll yeah. be fine. It'll be good one way or the other. So, um, but other than that, I haven't done much gaming. Gaming. I got a. Uh, I think yeah, we played pro- I've, my Wednesday game group. We played some Project Zomboid. There you go. On that um, and then the. Um, uh, what's I'm gonna call it? The terraforming Mars put out their maps update. So, so we played that for three of us played that for last night for about an hour and stuff. So, um, but other than that, there hasn't been much gaming. Um, I had intended on going to X Wing on Tuesday, um, but my schedule did not fall into place. And my goal is to put put a couple lists together and start going on Tuesday nights for for our league nights in, in Omaha, Bellevue area, and get some games in, but that'll probably start up 
not this week for sure, but within the next few weeks, I'm hoping. So I'm starting to see more people at our local store playing X-Wing recently. A game that I haven't seen played in there in a long time. A lot of people are trying to get a feel for. I mean, there's a lot I could say about that, Ed. A lot that I'm going to let you get away with. Mr. <laughs> community Leader, linchpin of your local community, complains that he doesn't see X-Wing played in his store anymore. I told you. I used Necromunda Camp um, Crusade going. Sorry, your, um, your 40k I, I Crusade. Was, I was going to but, get I bet you that see that played a lot, don't you? I anyway, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish my stuff here yeah. real quick. Um, other than that, I don't have anything else to talk about, Ed, but that's pretty much, it's been a lot of, lot of arcade <laughs> stuff for me lately. So. That's okay. Well, to get on to that, yes, I did play Crusade. I've got three <laughs> games of Crusade under my belt now. I have my my um my tyrannids have played three games so far it's been interesting again the the part that i think that i'm starting to struggle with is um only about four or five people are playing crusade whereas everyone else is playing new stuff so one game i one day i went up to the game store um i was forced darn it to play my brand new uh tyrannid codex because nobody there was play- the two people that were only, only two people that were playing crusade and they're playing each other so we just ended up playing regular uh regular 40k that night but it's been fun, been enjoyable. Um, I've got, uh, I ha- so it's a month. How do I cover a month? Um, had a cool trip to, to Gettysburg with the kiddos. Um, we went to Gettysburg for a school field trip. We were there for two days. Did some ghost hunting stuff too, like legit ghost hunting. My son went crazy and went up, bought a whole bunch of like ghost hunting equipment. And we went down into some of the creepy areas at night that you're allowed to be in, but it, you're not allowed to be on the battlefield because here's an interesting note. If you ever decide to go to Gettysburg at any point in time, um, the battlefield is considered to be a federal graveyard. And when it closes at night, if you were to say, I don't know, hop the fence after closing time, that's a federal trespassing charge. Um, That's a felony. That's not a good thing. So we had to do a little bit of research to find some places that you could still go out that weren't necessarily on the battlefield, but still had a lot of report of quote unquote ghost activity. I didn't say, but my kids had a good time and they recorded some stuff and I hope that they had fun. Um, I, I tend to be a bit of a skeptic when it comes to those things. Uh, and sure. There's some weird boops and beeps that came over this one device that my son purchased to record stuff, but I don't know that I necessarily agree that it was a ghost, but in any case, so we did that, um, which re- interrupted our recording schedule. I do apologize for that. And then, of course, I've got a few games of Crusade in, and then I had a birthday last week. I'm now 44. Um, but cool, because my pa- uh, family bought me a brand new uh, army case, the army case that um, Chris recommended for Gabriel for Christmas, which is the Crusade case from Games Workshop. It's amazing. So now we have two of those in the house. And I got some Sisters of Battle stuff. So now I was I spent today um finishing my build for building all the stuff that came in the sisters of battles box so i've got everything in that combat patrol complete except for the rhino because i'm not a heretic i am going to paint the inside of the rhino for those of you those of you that are just x-wing only it's a tank and 99 percent of the time i know in terms of the people that actually put this tank on the table (laughs) glue all the doors together and they do model the interior of the tank but since everyone glues the doors together, you never see it. So nobody ever paints it. I still paint them because they do make the model so that the rear hatch can close open and you don't have to glue the top hatch down. So you could get in and actually see what the interior of the tank does. So before I can actually build the tank, I have to paint the interior first and then finish building it. So 
that will be my project probably tomorrow. Um, tomorrow afternoon, I've got a little bit of lawn work I've been avoiding. It's been really hot here. Um, so I didn't want to do it today because I didn't feel like it was like 94 degrees and like high humidity today. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing it today. I'll do that tomorrow in the morning. So that's my short, short version. I get gaming. Um, talked about X-Wing quite a bit. Watched quite a bit of X-Wing in between my Crusade games. Watched a lot of people playing it. Seeing a lot more people at the game store playing it, which is awesome because now it's making me think, hmm, maybe next week I get... Because I can just bring one. Like, I, I, I have all the stuff. I can just bring one and... Hey, if anyone's picking up a game of X-Wing, I could have that with me. So maybe I'll just toss that in my my bag and just in case, just as a just in case, if someone's looking for a game of X-Wing, maybe I can go up there and do that. You can go and crush dreams with Vader and his defender. Now he's, uh, <sighs> he's, he's, points. he's a little bit cheaper. I saw that, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Um, that was really about it. Beyond that, there's not much more that I've been doing as far as gaming is concerned. Going to be breaking out the paintbrushes tomorrow. Chris, however, you had quite a bit going on. So, since you tend to carry this section with actual X-Wing content, I'll let you carry this with an event that you were at. Yeah, so, no X-Wing in a month. So, the, basically, the back door to the, um, that we rent for the X-Wing group to the store, um, someone tried to break in, so it's been broken. Which means, for the X-Wing group to be able to meet, a staff member has to be there to walk up once they're done, because they can't. Like physically put a bolt on the door to keep it shut from the outside. Do you think there um, was someone local? It had to have, right? Well, I think it was just some drunk or something, because literally oh, you're really? trying to break into the after-hours room, which is disconnected from the do- store by two metal fire doors. Oh, okay. Oh, so but they didn't they, know- they tried to like push their way in that hard that they broke the um, the hinge on the breakaway bar for the fire exit. It's out of the fire exit door. So I have to put a bolt on it to keep it shut so the alarm can be armed hmm. at night. Um, but that means I've had to be paid to be the... Well, sorry, I suppose technically when I go and play X-Wing, I'm not working. But if I'm going oh, to yeah. have to be there to work, I want to be clocked in to get paid because I have to be yeah. there. So there's kind of the gray area of like I, I won't play because i'm being paid to be here i'll do work instead um so instead i just been playing necromunda while i've been there because i can do the sentry boxes necromunda league and that's like work yeah so promoting necromunda to you me are. and my other my, so you know um no i've been doing a bunch of work i think in the last month i did okay averages out and i've been doing 40 hour weeks of actual work and then still being at home with Evie and doing all of that stuff as well. So, um, finding time for D and D, you know, all of those things and still doing a 40 hour work week as well. So pretty tired, but I can imagine. Yeah. My, uh, Necromunda has been going well. I'll talk about that. I suppose I did a Dalak gang, which are like sneaky, um, spies and, they're okay at everything. They're not. They're not even the best at being average. Like you can be better than average at anything, but not all at the same time. And um, I kind of went a weird way with my starting build for them. So I wanted four specific models that I thought were cool. But by the time I bought those, to hit my second criteria of having a ten ten models in my starting gang meant that the rest of them had to be absolute garbage. 
So I've been just running like the juves and the the fresh gangers into battle and like just standing them in front of people's guns and like trying to just Let win through. Cool. Yeah, like they my first my first territory that I won was the this settlement. So everyone starts the settlement and after every game you roll two D six. If you get any sixes, you can get a free juve. If you roll double six, you get a free ganger. I claimed a second settlement, so I get to do that twice after every game. I also have um, a hanger-on who lets me adjust a dice roll that's uh, a reward from a territory to a six. So whenever, normally in Necromunda, like, if your juve gets injured, we're going to recovery so we can't turn up for the next game, or you get like lasting injuries, we might get like a, a hand injury so you're worse at fighting, or a spinal injury so your strength goes down. Um, Whenever anything happens to him, I just shoot him in the head, roll him over and appear into the dock, and then just replace him with someone else who got for free. <laughs> like, yeah, just there's more where the hair came from. It's fine. Just, I need uh, Billy number 12 to get in here. <laughs> so my the theme for my gang is kind of like um, Dark City, the old um, Kevin Baker. Is it Kevin Baker? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, are you thinking like the uh, movie that they, they did? Yeah, there? with Richard O'Brien and um, you know. was that Kevin Bacon? I don't. You could be it. right. Kiefer Sutherland, that's the one. Kiefer that's Sutherland. okay. There. Yeah. I knew how I got wrong. Jennifer Connelly. I love Labyrinth. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Richard O'Brien, Mister Hand. I have Mister Hand in my gang, but um, they're all like alien worm things just living inside people. Spoilers, by the way. Came out yeah, in 1998, get wrecked. Yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, it's like, oh, yeah. here so, this yeah, whenever something happens, it's like, well, it's just a host vessel anyway, we'll just replace it. So we keep the same name because it's just the same worm that goes inside someone else. Yeah. So that's how I justify um, rolling over the bodies off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been good fun. I've finally, I'm on a four game losing streak, but I, I've had some. Some bad luck of trying to get money, and every time I try and get money, it costs me the game. But I've got a one of my psychic powers that uh, my my unsanctioned psyker has is that I get to pick the scenario. So every time I'm like, I'm going to pick this scenario so that I can get money, and then like one game, I won that hard that I lost the game. Wait, you have to explain that to me, because I don't understand that. So the mission is that there's four mine heads on the table, so you, and you go and try and work for mining equipment to extract some ore, and then the person at the end of the game who's extracted the most ore wins. But it's uh, a, you roll 2d6, if you get 10 or higher, you, you've capped off a mine head and extracted the ore. If you get like a, four, a 5 to 9, you get an extra d6 the next time you roll. If you get a, like a one to four, you just fail. Something bad happens, whatever. So I I tried on one of them and got a five to nine. So I got an extra dice for next turn. Uh, my opponent tried and just got a 12 straight away. So he extracted one. Then in the remainder of the turn, I beat him that bad that he bottled out and then left. So the game ends and he's extracted one mine and I've extracted none. Yep. So he wins. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So in in turn one, my uh, 
my infiltrating melted gun, popped around the corner, sniped one of his guys off a table, first action of the game. Um, I like had all my tactics cards where he, he's more likely to bottle out, and then I realized what I'd done and um, was sad. So, you know, <laughs> I, I won that hard that I lost. Um, so, you know, read the mission. It's all right. Yep. Um, another game I played that I actually won, I was just going after credits, and I got to roll... 3d uh, sorry 6d6 times 10 credits okay i got 110 credits Ooh. yeah on 66 on 66 i rolled an 11 on 66 i was like cool well that was um not worth again someone got injured so i had to buy this the guy to replace him for that one oh. Oh. so that ate into my and i was like <sighs> I literally came <laughs> came out of this game behind. Then oh, where yeah. you started. <laughs> yeah. It's just been that kind of cycle of, oh. But I, I finally think I've scraped together enough money that the gang should kind of work now. But yeah, it's good fun. I've really enjoyed it. And it, I've done a little bit of, I've not done much painting this year. I, I did too much last year, I think, and burnt myself out. And I've been working a lot, so I've been tired. Yeah, no, um, I it but yeah, any better. I got I got my flying hive tyrant injured, and now I'm debating whether or not I'm going to be able to field him again. Because uh, he, he dropped in toughness, and I'm like, uh well, I don't want to field him if he's that bad. Oh, that, that's a good story. So one of the scenarios that we did because it's uh, a sentry box run uh, necromunda campaigns, so we wrote a scenario for the month of May, and that's after you've done your like normal fight, challenging for a territory and stuff. For further games, you can choose to do a rat patrol where if you're just going hunting giant rats because there's a rat problem in Necromunda, who knew? Who knew? Um, but it's a random number of fighters between three and six. Cause it's, um, no, it's D3 plus two, so between five and six. Um, between three and five. God, words, math's hard. Uh, but then you choose them from your starting crew at random. So we rolled three. I got three fighters. So to go and hunt these rats, I got my champion of a melter gun. Sounds pretty good. Until yeah, you remember that. that he took an injury in the first game, which took his strength down to two. He's a strength two champion, but he's got a melter gun. Yeah, and, nothing, and nothing else. Because I can't afford to buy him any extra guns yet. The rats have got a four up invulnerable against shooting. So turn one, I shoot a rat. And roll a one to hit, so it misses. Yeah, hits on twos. By the way, uh, turn two, I shoot a rat. I hit this time. Roll a one to wound. Turn three, I shoot a rat. I hit it. I wound it, and it passes its invulnerable save. Wait, how does a rat have an invulnerable save? Because they're nimble. They dodge. Oh, they dodge. Slippery. They're <laughs> slippery. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was great. Uh, then what? Then the rat finally charged me, and I had to fight it forever with strength two, so I couldn't wound it. Um, so that was wait, one. Wait, are, that was one on, of wait. the three people that I got. So the toughness three with three wounds. These fucking necromunda rats. Jesus. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and when you're sitting there at strength two, those are so wounding on fives. The, se the second guy I got is my sniper specialist. I say specialist. What I mean is the guy who somehow found a rifle, told everyone he was a sniper, but has obviously never fired a gun in his fucking <laughs> life. Because 
in five games, I don't think he'd done a wound to anybody. Never mind kill anyone. Um, and again, he's only got a sniper rifle with no backup weapons. First shot, he misses and runs out of ammo. So he's got nothing. So he's got to try and club rats to death with the arse end of his fucking rifle. And then the third fighter I got to take was one of the juves I have with no equipment at all. Aww. So I was so, like, this is fucking is he, <laughs> is he throwing rocks at them at this point? No, he's just bitch slapping them. Oh, gotcha. it's Will Smith just runs up and like, <laughs> you keep my wife's cheese out of your goddamn mouth. <laughs> well, them and my hive guard could go to the same camp for learning how to shoot because, oh my god, I, I think I rolled 22 dice and missed every single shot that was over the course of like three rounds. And I'm like, how do they miss every shot? I mean, every shot. But we did. This is probably the longest game in Necromunda. It was seven or eight turns. And I killed one rat in eight turns. Oh, good lord. And then bottled out. I was like, I'm, I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. It, it was horrendous. I got like three different rats down to one wound each. And then my opponent would just not come in and get the last wound on it. Damn it. Oh, no, 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 that was mine. I worked for that. Oh. You should have gimlied those ones. That one was mine. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it was, I love that. That's why I love Necromunda, because it does that. But yeah, um, we ran a an extended Fangs Out tournament today. There you go. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, it kind of drifts into a quasi-main topic before we knew about all of the new changes. But we ran it with, um, they all hassled me yesterday. Uh, the points, so the day the points came out, we were like, for a tournament tomorrow, can we, can we use the new rules and new points? So I, well, I don't care, do what you want, man. Sure, if that's what you want. So um, we had new points as well, and all of the new rules. But um, it was really interesting. So Fangs Out, for people who don't know, is um, 60 minutes plus or minus per round but you only have a two-minute planning phase. So I bought a bunch of two-minute egg timers and just put them on each table. So you'd start the egg timer at the start of each planning phase. And, um, yeah, nobody had to perform the, uh, the run-out-of-time manoeuvre throughout the whole day. So everyone managed to plan all of the dials in Look under two that. minutes. It's almost like it can be done. And one of the, well, that's it. One of the other questions I asked was, so how much of an impact do you think the 60-minute rounds had? Because obviously games go to time in 75-minute rounds, and it was mm -hmm. weird because like, games just concluded naturally in the 60 minutes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't really feel like it was an issue. So, less sitting around in the planning phase with your thumb up your ass, trying to work yep. with clock, and just play the yep. game. And yeah, like, X-Wing is a, fu a fun, quick game that you can play in an hour. Who knew? Weird. It can be done. Well, I, I, that was the one thing whenever I saw those in the rules going, that that is, I wish that that were standard. Yeah. It was really wrong, good. I, I've had those games where, like, you, you take a little bit extra time because you're trying to figure out, all right, if I do this, he does that, and, you do, and you're trying to think two, three turns, where am I going to end up in the following turn? But when you're under the, the clock like that, you just make the decision and go. And you just kind of you just kind of accept your fate. Let me see if I can actually bring it up because I should have the, uh, I think from memory, I think 70% of the games concluded naturally 
at the on the last turn that was played. So like time was called, but that would have been the last round anyway, or they'd, they'd already finished. If that makes sense. So I it think um, two of the games like finished. Let me quick, uh, my event. There we go. Casual fangs are extended. Okay, round. There we go. So round three. Um, so what was the draw in round three? Um, at eleven versus eleven, and that was scramble or transmission. So that one would have been a slog if you'd have been playing an untimed round. Um, the other one finished before time with a score of twenty six to eight. Oh, hmm. yeah. Um, salvage was round. I don't know. I'm going backwards, but that was round three. Round two is salvage, um, and then yeah, one of them went to tie. Oh no. Um, Two games went to time. One of them finished with 21 points after that round anyway. The other one so was an 11 to 9. Yeah. yeah. So that one game would have ended naturally anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah, so basically um, one one game every round, so like 70%-ish of the, the games needed time because of 60 minutes. But like... I think a couple of those would have probably been done if it was a 75 minute round would have finished not you know what I mean so right yeah um yeah I'm a good huge, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that two minute time limit on the, on the it was seven. really good it was really good fun to run because I was zero time pressure because it's I doing a 75 minute round but then giving them time to set up and get find your table do all of that stuff breaking for lunch, bathroom breaks, mm-hmm. all adds up. You're cutting like 30 minutes off per round by it being yeah. a 15 minute shorter. It sounds weird. The rounds are 15 minutes shorter, but I cut like 90 minutes off my day. Normally I'd finish an event like that around 5.30. I was ready to leave at 3. There you so, go. Yeah, I'm on board, man. I love it. Thanks, I all the way. Every event from now on. Those are the greatest events ever. Even yeah. early events. Yeah. Um, and then what else did we do? Um, yeah, because it was extended as well, so it was interesting to see what kind of stuff people took. Um, I, uh, Matt, the person who won, was running um, Commander Paul and Han Solo, so that was cool, Ooh. seeing the uh, Han coming off the ban list to uh, take the win. Um, obviously you can't score and we're going to get there but you couldn't score in turn one anymore so that was interesting so it's not like you could just plonk Han on an objective early and then kind of score and run but it, it was like just getting him into a fight earlier um, what else did we see uh, we, there was Vader in a defender Rexor in a defender and two jingoists um, so that was uh, a nice four ship list with um, Vader Defender in there. That's an interesting list. I like that. Yeah, what we're talking about is like, you know, generally that should be good because if you ignore the Jingoists, they get to score points on the objectives. And if they don't ignore the Jingoists and kill them first, they probably don't have the firepower left to deal with two defenders. Right. So there's a lot of scope in there for um yeah i like that a lot oh dear yawn i'm really tired i should have probably got more sleep 
That's okay. Hey ho. Well, that that kind of leads right into the main topic. So, do you want to spill into the shadow update to the to the scenarios? Yeah, we can do this. So, I printed out the scenarios this morning, and they were slightly different. The only one that I no def no is one hundred percent different. Um, was um, was it gone? Oh, it wasn't it a scenario. It was um. God damn it! I've lost it now. I think it might be in the rules reference. In fact, it was yeah, it was an ion thing that got changed, not a, a scenario yeah. thing. I'm just I just lied to you when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. I'm a liar and a thief. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I didn't realize that was they they changed that today. No, so, I was no, yeah. So one of the things, yeah, I suppose yeah, we're probably better off to just talk about ion in general then. Okay. <laughs> because we'll go to, we'll go to ion first then. Yeah. So, just to finish, to conclude Ed's story, um, after my mistake, the thing that they changed with Ion since yesterday is that um, it says, a ship that is ionized cannot acquire or maintain locks. It used to say, be assigned locks or, and maintain locks. So it used to not what? be able to acquire, maintain, or be assigned locks. But that would mean that you couldn't lock onto it with an enemy ship. Because right. you assign an enemy lock token, but what it meant was like here a passing a lock token to it. Right. A, um, so it was just a, a stealth change to that. That's what's changed. That concludes Ed's story because there's much bigger changes in Ion than not being able to lock onto things, as cool as that is. <laughs> as cool as that is. Yeah. So, All right. Where do you want to go first? I mean, because you did kind of intimate at the scenarios. I think we should probably cover that one first. Uh, I, I'm, on, I'm on Ion. Let's just get this done. All this right, was a cool let's get one. Ion done. All right. Yeah, I think this is a huge thing. change that we get to talk about. So I think we're it going is. into this one. It is um, pretty big. So it Ion a little weird, but... has completely changed. Yeah. Uh, so a ship I, is ionized I, while it has a number of ion tokens relative to its size one or more for a small ship, two or more for a medium ship, and three or more for a large ship. Ion tokens are red tokens. A ship that is ionized cannot acquire or maintain locks. When a ship becomes ionized, it breaks all it locks it is maintaining. That's new, right? Yeah, I don't that's recall new. ever reading well, that before. That that's new as far as yeah. I mean, it is as far because it used to say during before that it used to say during the planning phase, mm -hmm. ion ship is not assigned a dial. Blah blah blah. Yeah. That's now no longer in there. Yeah, so during the activation phase, an ionized ship activates as follows. The ionized ship skips its reveal dial step. So you don't reveal a dial, but you've still set one. During the execute maneuver step, the ionized ship flips its maneuver dial face up and executes an ion maneuver with the same direction shown on the dial. An ion maneuver is a blue speed, one bank or straight. So I'm curious as to why they went with the wording that they did. So that still means that you still need to quote unquote set a dial. You just don't reveal it and then flip it. Uh, because there are things that trigger upon revealing a dial. Right. They would gotcha. no longer work because you because you're the not. dial. All right. That yeah. makes sense. I, knew, I mean, I knew you, there you gotta re so, so you got to remember this. So Ion, Ion anything caused a star destroyer to basically end up crashing and i know it was shields and all that other stuff but you know crashing into the gate or whatever it was at 
whatever planet it was in Rogue One, you know, Scarif. The, it, yeah, Scarif, you know, it, Ion literally disabled a Star Destroyer completely, shut it down 100%, which is what Ion is supposed to do. If you go back to Empire Strikes Back and they shoot the Ion cannon, once again, at a Star Destroyer, it literally shut the thing down completely. They couldn't fire weapons. They couldn't do anything. So basically, you're drifting in space when you're Ion, and that's that's what's happening. You're no longer able to reveal a dial. You just have a dial there, and you flip a dial to show that it's that ship's activation. Would that be the correct way to interpret that, Chris? But, so know, what it does now is you actually get a little bit more control than you used to have. So obviously, because you didn't set a dial, you just did a one straight. Um, but that led to situations where if you had set a dial and became ion, ionized before you um, revealed your dial. So if someone dropped a coronet on you before, yep. Yep. Uh, stuff like that, when you, you'd end up, well, you still got to, you've set a dial now, so you have to reveal your dial, which means you do your normal move, which wasn't an ion move, so you don't remove the ion token, which means you're stuck doing a focus this round and then next right. round. So it kind of got weird and there were some strange interactions. So this now means that when you reveal your, when you flip your dial, yeah, I was just going to say, don't reveal it. Um, if you have a left turn, like a one hard left, a one, a one right. left bank, um, yeah. a two hard left, you just do a one bank to a left. Yeah, you're drifting. You're just yeah. drifting to the left. But it now means that it should be a lot harder to ionize somebody off the table because they're yeah. not stuck going in a straight line. Because right. under normal game conditions, you would know whenever you're setting the dial that you were ionized the turn before. Yeah. And now, are there other exceptions to that? Like you said, the Connernet being the exception, sure. But you would think that someone would be pointing themselves away from the table edge at that point. Uh, but it's, you know what I mean? It's not so much that. It's more that the, there's... But the big change is that you have agency in what direction right. your yes. arc faces yes. when you're ionized right. now. And that's that. I, I think that that's a big thing too. So do I. 100%. It actually adds a sense of, in my opinion, realism maybe into it, but also um, takes away all the issues that you can have being ion after setting dial. I think one of the problems uh, I think there's always been with ion is that when it's good, it's not fun, so it always has to be priced just above being good. Mm -hmm. because you can't have it being too good because it wasn't fun to play against right no one wants to not be able to do any like oh well, you've you've ionized three of my ships that's great cool and then oh because you know where they're gonna be it's easier for you to ionize them again and they can only do focus actions they can't like get out of your arc so yeah you've got me i suppose i just sit here for three turns until you've killed me i i, I don't i don't have any choice yep now yep. you can at least like oh, well, I, I can swing back around and try and drag you into, you know, if you chase me, you can, I, I hate that. I, I can swing back around and drag you through the rocks. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe. You can. But there's still some element of agency in what in where your ship goes now, and I think that's good. I, I didn't I didn't expect Ion to change. I don't, I, Neither did I. Like of all the things I would have thought were going to change, 
having played a few games, that would not was not on the list of things because Ion's been basically. I mean, don't get me wrong; they've reworded it and they've refunctioned it a little bit and put it in different put it in different wording, but basically, it's been the same for since the beginning of the game. Yeah. Functionally, when it comes down to the movement phase of what Ion did to his ship, it's functionally been the same. So yeah. It's interesting. It's going to be an interesting change. Yep, and I do like the fact that it breaks walks. That's fun. Yes, I do like that too. Yep. Um, then do you want to do any more rules referencing things? I didn't, I didn't, I did not see much other than the mission points, but we're going to talk about that. Exactly where I was going to go. I saw that. Um, so before a ship moves, if it's overlapping an obstacle, it does not suffer the effects of moving through that obstacle. Whoa! Yeah, that's a yeah. big one. Um, so you can't if you land on a rock and you're like bang in the center of it. So you're gonna have to fly off it. You no longer hit that rock twice. If you start overlapping, you don't suffer the effect. That's a pretty big change. Yeah, and again, I think making them more punishing initially is probably enough. Yep. Yeah, probably. Right, if you're I, range zero of it and you still run over it, you still get it though. Well, if you're in range zero, aren't you touching it? So this uh, is... So I think... Uh, what what page? Uh, what have I got? It's, uh, it's, it's 16 is the page. Yeah. It says here, before a ship moves, if it's at range zero of an obstacle, it does not suffer the effects of that obstacle unless it moves through or overlaps that obstacle again. And this is where this gets a little confusing because... Hmm... Because of what's fought right following right after it. Yeah, that's a good question. So for, for me, zero, in, in the boy, so in boy for me, I have before a ship moves. If it is overlapping, uh, uh, fucking hell, man! Before mm-hmm. a ship moves, if it is overlapping an obstacle, it does not suffer the effects of moving through that obstacle. Full stop. Right. Yeah. So read the read the He's, one right before it. Yeah, you read the bullet point right before it. And for the audience at home, I'll read it before a ship moves. If at least if it is at, at range zero of an obstacle, it does not suffer the effects of that obstacle unless it moves through or overlaps that obstacle again. And then the very next bullet point says, yeah, forget that, because if you're overlapping the obstacle, yeah. it doesn't suffer the effects. I, I <laughs> guess that this is an, an editing mistake, because there's no reason to put the new one in if you're keeping the old one. Uh, yeah, the so, old one. Right. Speaking of I'm, stealth I'm, updates, so... I would guess that this will be one soon. Yeah, for me, because I'm looking at things like next to each other from the old to the new, and when I caught that, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It had to yeah, be an the, issue. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. just... My guess would be... I don't have the old one next to me, Sean, but I'm guessing that they've literally just added in a bullet point instead of replacing the bullet point. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah that's exactly what happened. Can we go you know, back a page and talk about the mission points thing? They just clarified yeah. what happens with um, mission points are determined who in the game uh, references the scenario rules. Uh, two bullet points are added for this uh, at the start of the game. Each player earns mission points equal to their opponent's deficit. So if you are not running a full twenty, you are giving points away at the beginning. So interesting, they didn't. First, of all, I think we've talked about this multiple, multiple times now. There's no reason not to um, run a full twenty anymore. Like there's just there's no advantage to it at all, especially with road now being in place. So you should run a full 20. But if you happen to decide to run 19 because you can't squeeze another ship in there, you're going to be giving those points away at the, at the beginning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that, that, But they've said that since the beginning of this, too. Right. They just put it on in 
Did you writing. say you'd got the the old one there as well, Sean? Yeah, I have. I have them left or, le- or side yeah. by side because yeah. I have them on my Google five. Drive and then yeah, can you, page five. Page five. I think this might be an interesting one. Finally, hold on. Let me get my mouse to work. Page five. The attack range. There's a a nice Ooh. blue bit in the attack range, which I think um, might be the um, the major rhymer thing. That's been annoying forever. Um, so I think if I remember, this used to talk about um, a ship not being able to attack at range zero, even if the attack so range it, was it range one. It says here, this is what it says in the last one: during attack, the attack range is determined by me- the, by measuring range from the closest point of the attacker to the closest point of defender. That is in the attack arc. While measuring range for abilities that do not specify attack range. The range between the attacker and defender is measured from the closest point of the attacker to the closest point of the defender, ignoring the attack arc. Yeah. So that's literally, I think that that's the same. They didn't change the first two parts. They just added the while attacking the ship at range zero. But it's always a range zero attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's go down to the errata at the bottom. It's uh, let's page. Uh-oh. Well, while you're looking page, at that, page, it's page twenty nine. So yeah. that's there where is, the red. There's another one on page five, just to quickly get out of the way, which is um, yep. You can't modify dice at range zero. That takes out the bit about Jedi being able to do force stuff. So you can't spend force for a default effect at range zero anymore. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So just run into them and be it'd be worth the uh, the damage. But they just don't get the extra bonus that other people didn't get. Didn't get right. Because they could still pull it off with their force powers. All right, Sean, what page are you taking us to next? 20-something? 29. This just gives you the ship errata. I don't know if you look at these. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's all of the Strikers and the Reapers. This is cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Reaper, Reaper, Striker, Reaper. Uh, Then it it modifies BB Astromech and then BB-8. Yeah, that's good. And then Contraband Cybernetics, which I don't don't This This one's... um, relatively controversial people have been abusing jabber and a couple of the things to um let you do almost infinite contraband cybernetics um that so that just shuts that down yeah um ursa ren got nerfed people are sad but whatever um that's that's about it nothing in the q a it looks like going to the actual errata document the um thing yep. I really like about the Strikers and the Reapers now. So the Reapers, um, uh, the controlled ailerons, is before you reveal your dial, if you are not stressed, you may boost. So it's yes. no longer a maneuver, it's a boost. And it's a may for Reapers. Because what, one of the problems with Reapers is because they're on the medium base, and they used to have to do two moves. So they were fast. They were really hard to keep where you need them to be, so you just overshoot the, the engagement zone and then die, basically. They're like the Lambda the first time around, but if you weren't allowed to bump anymore and you had to boost a Lambda. So, yeah. Then the Strikers have adaptive ailerons. Before you reveal your dial, if you're not stressed, you must boost. Yeah, they changed that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. I like that. And, and it, I'm a gigantic it's not, fan. 
I'm sorry, just two seconds. I'm a gigantic fan that uh, AMG is actually giving you printout cards. Yeah. To, to kind of help solve that problem of I don't understand. Like, oh, like I love the fact that there are printable cards. You can just slide right into your sleeves. And then those are the new valid versions of that card. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to comment. I'm going to resist because it, I would just be, I'm, I agree. How's that? <laughs> like, I agree that it is a good thing that AMG have done this because, you know, like people may want to complain at me that the rules aren't the same as in the starter set. They haven't been ever. But, yeah. Like, yeah, they haven't yeah. been since the first FAQ they put out. Yeah, like legitimately, oh. that's not a valid argument. Yeah, I I agree vehemently. With... Like, I'm sorry, that can't that can't even po- it's not even possible to be a valid argument. Like nobody you, plays the rules directly out of the box anymore. Nobody. You would um, you'd be surprised how many people make that argument. But what are you going to do? Okay, hmm. so then. Let's leave scenarios and stuff till the end, I think. Let's jump sure. to... Um, do you want to do points or ban list? Can we do the ban list first? Because there's some funny stuff in the ban list I want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. First of all, I'm not sure how I feel about how they prepared this document. Because they've trained us over the years. Blue text represents new stuff. Stuff that you didn't know before. And then in the ban list, in the upgrades for the points, they just grade stuff to let you know that they were changed. So you don't know if they went up or down. or That's a complete aside. So interesting stuff they're found here. Auto blasters are on the ban list. And my personal favorite, when I looked at this and I had to do a double take on this, hull upgrade. Hull upgrade has been banned from standard play. Now we did a little bit of pregame on this one, and Chris kind of gave me an idea of like maybe what they might have been thinking. Is I, that- I can't remember if I spoke about this with you guys in the past or if I did it on uh, bad ideas where we were talking about stuff that we just didn't like. Um, but yeah, you go and then I'll come in. But yeah, you go. Sure. So the thought process, of course, being that. So uh, the first thought that I had is, oh, well, they're trying to tamp down how many ships are running around with hull upgrade. Maybe they're seeing something in the meta that we're not. Every ship's running them, so they're gonna they're gonna ban them, get them out of the way. But it's more simple than that. In the fact that if I get a shield upgrade, I can put a shield token on the ship to represent the extra shield. There's nothing to put down on a ship if it's got a hull upgrade. That's it. It could simply be just that simple that that was a whole thought process. I would have pushed back and said, well, then just make a hull upgrade token. So that I think the, print, you know, the printed sheet that we have and we can call it a day. So one of the things I would have done, because like, I, I can't remember exactly the conversation because it was a while ago now, but I think I was talking about it on Bad Ideas with Bruno and Zach. And I said, like, one of the things I would have liked to have seen is like hull upgrade being standard, a standardized card. But obviously, yeah. standardized as a rule didn't exist when they made Hull Upgrade. Because right. one, one of the problems with Loadout for me personally was that we were seeing people taking Hull Upgrade as an easy option. So it was relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't put it on every ship. So because you end up with like, well, this TIE Fighter has a Hull Upgrade, this one doesn't, this TIE Fighter uh, has the. Like, this one has access to a cannon slot, so I got a cannon instead of the hull upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd run into a situation where you're having to stop and ask, right, I've done two damage to that one. Do I need one more or two more? Yeah. Because there's more cards on the table. And I uh, get There's that. more interactions and stuff going on. 
and it was more obfuscated as to how like which ships had how much health remaining because of upgrades. I think with shields because because this sounds stupid, but bear with me. Because they're both plus one to your health pool. Right. But shield upgrade is the first damage. Hull upgrade is the last damage. Yeah. You know, in I, your, in I, your I head. I, I, I think so. So I think, I think what's interesting with this is I think this shows you, and, and bear with me on this, this shows you the limitation of having pre printed cardboard compared to printable lists, you know, where you could walk in, do a builder print all the cards out in the builder and then it modifies what you have right there while you're doing it yeah with your printout you know that's that's the thing i think a whole upgrade creates is there are some interactions with the way the game is actually made that makes it difficult and like chris said they're both the same thing it's just shield upgrade is the first you're taking off whole upgrades the last one you're taking the yeah. only argument, like, for me, a ban list to me should represent something that is clearly too powerful in your standard game that it doesn't belong in the game. And if that is the line of thinking, I think that they're, like, if 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 the card's powerful and belongs in the ban list, fine, fine, I'll buy that. I don't know, I, I don't know that I agree with it, but I'll buy that as the answer that you're giving for the reason to not do it. The, it doesn't show up as an, uh, it doesn't have a token could have been easily solved with the printable FAQ errata sheet that they got. You could have just put a hull token on there. And, that's and, and ultimately, I think that that would have been solved by having all damages tokens, you know, there, so there you, you would have, there you, go. you would have shield tokens and hull tokens. So if you add the hull, then it's added as a hull token, you know, but yep. once again, you know, it's already a well convoluted game with a lot of crap on the mm -hmm. table anyway, yeah. at this point. And with the card size change, it makes it even worse. Um, you know, ultimately, I can I take think, it or leave it. I, I think, in truth, that I what I kind of agree with the sentiment that Ed has there, but I don't think this is AMG's game. So I, I think if AMG made X Wing from the ground up, I don't think the banglers would work like this. Because I think they would have had these considerations going into making the cards, sure. so it just wouldn't have right. made like, hull upgrade wouldn't exist. It's like why does hull upgrade exist? What what ship? What tie fighter do you know of that is more rugged than the tie fighter next to it because it got a hull upgrade? Yeah, like, no, I, yeah. I get it. Uh, is that not just a tie bomber then? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. squadron. I, I do think this. I think if you were playing a game with tanks. And you put the ablative armor on a tank, that would be a whole upgrade compared to this. You know, it has no. Yeah, bearing. well, that's something you can do, though. It's like you'd word yeah. the card differently. The first right. whole damage you take, discard this card. Correct. Like, so right. you just do like the flip the card over kind of mechanic. I don't know. You know, exhaust the card, tap the card, have a charge on it. Like, mm -hmm. like, and that you've got stuff like. Is that not how impervium? I'm gonna to have to look it up. I think that's how impervium plating works. It's like you spend the charge to cancel damage. Yeah, and then it goes away. Yeah, like you, but and I get where your point is. They are kind of stuck with what is currently in print. Mm -hmm. I think they also just showed us examples that they can reprint cards. So if that's the thought process, then why not reprint hull upgrade and have a charge on it and have changed the wording? Do you, do you know what I mean? And again, maybe the argument is twofold. Maybe the argument's it's a little convoluted for the game. 
four ships that all have different hull, hull values because some ships can take it and some ships can't. And there's no way to visually be able to tell on this ship. Okay, fine. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. That's the answer. But I think yeah. there are ways to get around that. If it's just, it's a powerful card and belongs on the list, then it's a powerful card and it belongs on the list. And uh, no. So what about Autobuster then? Is Autobuster <laughs> a powerful card that belongs on a list? Or is Autobuster in combination with like a Jedi? Um, yeah, that's Ada what I that, ha- that then has the droid that guarantees you a crit. Uh, is well, that the thing that's wrong, or is it in, just in my mind? I think I think turrets, by in large, and well, since second edition, have been that's a cannon, though. That's not a turret. Yeah. That, that one's no, a that's cannon. true. Yeah, it's very well, this, yeah, it's cannons go into that too. Cannons have been very well under uh, well underrepresented since second edition crypto. But that's because it's not the cannon that's good; it's the package that's good. But right. the easy, yeah, like, it's, they it's they tried removing the cannon swap from the Ada. And then gave it back. So that obviously didn't feel right to them. So then they now gave it back, it. and they instantly everyone put autobuses back on it. So I do you. How much do you skew the points with Ward out? Like, do you just every ship that autobus would be good on? Do you just make autobus that cost one more than the Ward out that is on that yeah, ship? Yeah, or do you just say, the, you know what, let's just ban it? Yeah, and uh, like I said, that one that one's an easier argument for me than Hall Upgrade, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, yeah, but see, this is where I kind of get frustrated with it because, you know, it's light, nice to have, when you're looking at cannons, so look at cannons as a whole, you know, your three big cannons, I think, are what, Ion Cannon, Heavy heavy Cannon, and this one, right? I heavy Laser. Other, I don't know how heavy, many other cannons there are. That's what I said. They're, well, they're vastly underrepresented. There's a few. There's a lot now. There's jamming, Ion jamming Beam, Tractor Beam. What I'm talking about are cannons that actually like truly, truly help you in a game by if you're looking at damage itself, you know, ion cannon is the weakest, the most consistent is auto blaster and then HLC, which is your long range cannon that has a diminishing effect. So now auto blasters was the one that sat in the middle. Or if you're like me and you like playing a ship that can carry two cannons, <laughs> you know, you because of the ranges, you know, you have them because they do two different things, but because one's a one to two and the other one's a two to three and they have two different implementations, we'll call it, you know, it to me, because of another ship, you're, you're lessening other ships. This, this yeah. is where I don't like how, how they do it, where they're not correcting the ship. That's the problem. They're, They're correcting. basically correcting a problem that isn't a problem for all ships. But yeah. is it is an a so is an Ada with an ion cannon a problem, or was it only an Ada with an auto blaster? Because do you, what's and that's the thing is like what's more important the card that you get in the ship pack or the ship that you get in the ship pack? And that's what I mean. I think it's I don't know that there's a right answer. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that I think they should have banned it, like. I don't I don't know. I know that the second they let me take auto blasters on Aiders, I put it back on there and just yep. was being mean to people with it. And I don't know that me not being allowed to do that makes me unhappy. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I saw, could, could you, I, could you have put it could you have created a restriction then with it? Yeah, you could have put it on the restricted list, but still put okay. it on the one. So tell me how that works. Oh, you just restrict them off of the, the Aiders. How? You can't. Why can't you? 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would though. Does, well, so do you remove a cannon slot from the Ata because they did that and it made the Ata terrible and no one took them anymore? Or you just put down here on the restricted list, down here, cannot take X cannon on Ata. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My, my problem is you're solving a problem, but you're, and bear with me on the wording, but you're punishing other ships that don't have the big problem yeah. that you have with one single ship. It's ban the ship that's the problem fix the ship that's the problem or fix the problem on the ship that's the problem by creating a restriction but you know? i think the problem or well, the fundamental issue i should say not the problem because you were kind of going down two different paths here i think the fundamental issue is that ffg made the game to be one way and amg it, think that this will be a better game no, no, no. I and, and uh, I and actually told Ed that I actually mentioned that to Ed before you got on, Chris, about whole, you know, about the 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 when they did a whole upgrade. Same thing. It's not their game. Officially, it's their game, but it's not their game. They didn't design the game, so it's probably off of there because it helps make the game easier or better. So that that's that same argument, which well, I understand I, that argument. I suppose better is a relative term. It takes it closer to the vision for the game, is what yeah. I and I think the the package that they can get that was because uh, if you leave auto blasters, do you instead? I think you could do instead instead of doing auto blasters, instead you could have put marksmanship, uh, malice, and the droid that converts hits to crits on the ban list instead. But then you put three cards on the list to stop auto blasters from doing automatic damage. Why not just put auto blast? You know what I mean? Like how yeah. far down the rabbit hole do we go of trying to fix those combos when or, all of them, if all of the combos involve auto blaster, it's a correct choice to just ban auto. But it's only, but it's only on one ship. That's my problem. Uh, it's yes. uh, you can do it with scum, where you can take uh, like Paul Heaver was running uh, Bubba Fett with auto blasters. Greedo and marksmanship, so he was guaranteeing himself a minimum of two crits plus whatever he rolled. Um, you can do. Um, there are other ways of doing it as well. It's not like I was doing it with Aiders because it's the easiest one to abuse, but there are other ways around it as well. Okay, and, let's move on because we could keep on one. Yeah, card I, forever. On that, I don't think there's a, a wrong. But I enjoy the discussion, to be honest, Sean, because I think it, it's interesting. Like, not so much who do you blame for the list looking like the, the ban list looking like it is, but more of like, why does the ban list look like it is? Yeah, and I, no, and I, think, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe you can help me with the R two and the R fives. Is it because it's changing the dials? The no, R2, so R, that's R four now. Changing R two is your generic shield regen. And our five is your generic whole regen. So, I mean, what now that they changed it so that regening back above half in chance engagement doesn't give you any points? Yeah. Uh, now, now that I started saying that, I think I've kind <laughs> of got it. So maybe. So my suspicion would be that they want things to die. So they want so the game set the to move forwards. If that is the case. Then when they did this one, why didn't they just add shield upgrade to it? I don't know. But what, I, like, what I mean is, that, like, 
So R two and R five are one of the, the annoying ones where you've got a ship nearly dead, and then it gets away, and you either have to chase it to stop it from regening. So I don't know. I I like they didn't put any of the R two D twos or the um, the named full regen one, um, where it's the action with three charges. I can't remember which one it is now. R five. Yeah, well, that's probably because they're they're limited. They're only limited to one. Yeah, generics. But yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is that they don't want a lot of regen. A ship that regen's okay. All of your ships regening probably isn't. I don't know. I I, makes sense. I don't know. I I could buy that. I hundred percent could buy it. And then still nothing on the restricted list. All right. I don't. I don't know how. Looking at the cards that are on here on the ban list, like my instant thing is, so why don't you just restrict auto blasters? And I'm like, cool. I still take it on my one eight on my one eight. It still gets auto blasters in, even if you restrict me to one card off it. I, you know what I mean? I think I think if this is a full page of ban list, I think we're talking about five pages of restricted cards to have any impact, and that's if you're looking at only one card off it if you're doing like a magic the gathering or crisis protocol two or three or four things off a restricted list i think it has zero impact on squad building so i think i think having a restricted list is probably not going to work for x-wing unless you do it with all unless you want to actually steer the meta of what you're allowed to play and that sounds weird because we have a ban list which you could perceive to do that already. But I think this is a very different thing. Uh, unless you're going to start saying, no, no, you can't play that combo, but this combo's okay. You know what I mean? It gets mm-hmm. very... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. The restrictive list gets very restrictive. <laughs> yeah. That kind of point? Uh, it, but it has to be. And I don't. I think that impacts fun before it becomes a tool. Yeah, fair. I don't yeah, know. I agree. I I get where you're coming from. I just you know there's yeah. I mean I you you both there are to disagree. Yeah, there there are frustrations with ban lists, specific cards, and one or two ships that affect five, six, seven, eight other types of ships that can do them. Like. I'm trying to think of an example we could talk through. Something like um, the this is a while ago now, so pre AMG points change in second edition, when we had people complaining about Thai uh, Advance V1 Baron, Baron of the Empires, were mm. disciplined. So you've got six, maybe, I don't know, I'm making it up. Maybe you had six Barons all disciplined. So you let's say we put restrict you put discipline on restricted list so that you can only have um four copies of it. Okay, so now I have six barons, four of them have disciplined, the other two I take something out. Maybe maybe they take ruthless and just ruthless each other to death to trigger disciplined. Like does that make it better? Because if you had six copies of disciplined, one of them was going to die to trigger the other five. So like what did you actually do by putting it on the restricted list? Right. I think the black and white of ban it or don't is probably actually better, but I'm not clever enough to run that all the way through. 
Well, if it makes you feel any better, for the most part, magic takes the same policy uh, in standard play. It's ban it or don't ban it. Like, I've yeah. never seen anything put on a restricted list that wasn't like Legacy, um, Vintage. Or Commander, play. Commander. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you can't run a certain general, or a certain general can't be run with certain, you know, certain cards, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know what I mean? I think. I think squad building in X-Wing is too unrestricted for a restriction list to work. Yeah, I agree. No, it's it's true. Right. I've it's an example of what I think a restricted list needs to look like to have any impact on squad building. We're gonna pick rebels. What's we'll up? It's easy. So, um, wedge wedge is on the Luke Skywalker is on the um, R2D2. All of your regen droids, proton torpedoes, uh, selfless and hopeful, bigs, Leia, um, I don't know what else. Um, Sabine's banner, but um, yeah, yeah well, maybe, maybe so that's nine cards and you get to take two of them. All right, so now I can't have more than two cups of proton torpedoes, or I can only take wedge and protons or weak and protons. If I want weak wedge and bigs, all with proton torpedoes doing the trench run, you can't. Cause, but like, it's either ridiculous or it's irrelevant. Yeah. Like, cause, and I think you have to put pilots on there, but then the good pilots are the ones you want to see in the game. Like, no one wants Luke Skywalker on the restricted list. But if Luke's not on the in Rebels, what ship is then? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I. I I like the conversation because I don't think there's an answer, which makes it a good conversation to have for the thought exercise. The thought exercise, but yeah, right. I don't know. Um, All right, where do you want to go next? Ship points. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things. I don't know if you guys had anything on points that you cared about talking enough. Vader's list points. <laughs> yeah, Vader and Both Defender points. is nine points. Yay. With 14 loadout, feels like a lot of loadout considering I probably don't need to spend any of it, but whatever. Right, exactly. Like, I'll put stuff on him because why I mean, not? But, but yeah. yay. Right. I think, did he go down in the V uh, X1 too? He's only uh, he's at seven now. I feel like he was at eight yeah, before. Yeah, seven looks good to me. 21 loadout, I'll take that. Uh huh. Um, bunch of generics went up. Alphas went up, which I'm happy with. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. No, that's okay. um, they get a bunch of two point Tie Fighters. So, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what was it for? What did I want to talk about? Do, yeah, Defender Vader got cheaper. That's probably relevant. Um. And yeah, Boba, em- Boba Empire. Yeah. Uh, Empire keep some two-point ships, because not every faction has two-point ships anymore. Some of them got lowered to two points. Yeah. Um, I do find it weird, like, it's still weird for me to sit down and look at the Academy Black Squadron and Obsidian Squadron and realize that they're all the same points. Their loadouts are different, yes, but they're all the same points. That just feels weird to me. But I'm getting used to the scoring. I'll get used to it, or how we're doing points now. That just feels weird. I think the... the thing for me now, when I look at this style of squad building, is why are you even looking at them like, at all? Because Valen Rudolph's two points, uh, ISB Jingoist are two points, Wampa's two points. Mm-hmm. Like, 
What are you doing to me? Yep, I know. Um, like, why would you even bother taking them? I get it. You're yeah. you're right. I mean, and we've talked about this. We've had this conversation where, like, they're really, really trying to go more towards everyone's flying the named pilots because it's cool, more cool to say I'm flying Luke Skywalker than I am Red Squad. I get yeah. it. I, I, I'm on board. It's just there is that part of me that is still the 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 first edition purist to be like, well, that's the reason why those are there is because oh, I've got twenty four points left. I can either do this ship or I can do two Tie Academy pilots, and I'm going to fill that in and make it a seven ship build instead of a six ship build. Like they, that 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 mentality is still stuck in my head. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Um. So the other faction that has a bunch of two point ships is obviously separatist. So the list I made today was um, Darth Maul in the Scimitar. Um, where is my list gone? I had this up. There we go. Do, 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 do. I'm a professional and definitely prepped all of this in advance. Totally. Daphomir Rising. It's a good name. Sure. So Darth Maul in a Sith Infiltrator with a tractor beam, Savage Opress. Uh, sorry, Savage Opress is Savage. French. Um, scimitar and then K2B4 is the um, tactical droid, tactical relay, is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the when a friendly ship at zero to three defends, it may spend one calculate token. If it does, add one evade result unless it, the attacker chooses to gain one strain token. So it just makes it easy for you to punch them back. But it's Darth Maul in the, the infiltrator. And then six vultures. There you go. Because when Septus released, I had to go up flying Darth Maul and three vultures. I was like, yeah, this is fun. And now I get twice as many vultures, so it must be twice as much fun. Clearly. That's how your map works. Easy. <laughs> uh, but I've got two Hadar Child prototypes with energy shells. I have DFS081 with energy shells and a munition failsafe and some world out that I couldn't spend. And I've got three separatist drones with discard missiles because people tell me discards are terrible now. So I would obviously take them to see if they're right. To find out. But that's my separatist list I'm going to try. So I get to try a seven ship list because also people are telling me that the numbers has gone down, the number of ships people are flying. So, you know, I'm all in. Oh, heck yeah. And I like the idea of Maul being able to track to beam someone um, and then you just wreck them with all of the vultures. So that'll be fun. Uh, do wanna, yeah. Do you want to touch on the Republic at all? Uh, no, it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> um. So no. To be honest, my <laughs> style of Republic list didn't really change too much. Um, well, you, the only thing bump that you had is you got a bump in what Contrail went up to three. Yeah, I wasn't but, running Contrail anyway. Well, I know, but real Republic players are. who like winning were. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, most people were. So Contrail went up from two to three, and that, in my opinion, is good. Um, um Barris went up from three to four. That was the next one I was gonna point out. Yeah. Um but the rest of the Jedi didn't change. Um Waldite's changed, so you can't fit Chopper onto um the uh Ahsoka can't fit Chopper anymore, which mm-hmm. is great because Ahsoka ignored the downside of the Chopper, so that's probably the correct choice. Probably. Um do um, you could still take Ahsoka in the 7B for six points and get Chopper, so you know, just yeah. do it that way. Did Anakin go up or down? Down, seven. he went down. That's 
So we actually lowered the points on a yeah. Jedi. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Anakin Skywalker in the Ada 2 went down to 6. Yeah, I saw. Um, the one that's not... I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but Hound became a one with 23 loadout and Hawk went down to 20. Mm-hmm. So now the I2, who has a sensor slot instead of a talent slot, has more loadout, which makes me sad. I would rather what- have... Um, dedicated but whatever and weren't there lists that were filling those with the the v19s because those look like they went up too um some of v19s came down um some went uh yeah they all got cheaper in some way um and some of them lost the second missile slot so you can't take barrage on them there's only two that can have barrage missiles now um which yeah probably if you're gonna do the um the Z95s, you probably mm-hmm. have to. And I have no choice. I have to make a little bit and of And they're room. all three points, by the way. Yep. All of them. So, overall, I'm, I, this is the one area where I was hoping to see a little bit more movement in the... I would like to see it to get to the point where if you're going to be running Jedi, you would point them out to only three maximum in a list. But I guess we'll see. Maybe uh, I think that's it. a knee-jerk reaction. It is. You're right. The, admittedly... For, Wholeheartedly, it's an emotional knee-jerk reaction like, of. Wow, so Contrail isn't Contrail isn't a Jedi, and they don't I have a two. That. They don't have any two-point ship now, so right. they can't. It's a lot harder to take a ship at cost seven if you don't have access to a two-point ship, because then mm-hmm. you're at two fives, a seven, and a three. So you can't you can't sneak to five ships. Right. You're capped out at four. You know what I mean? And that's what people were doing: is they were taking a two-point and a three-pointer to be a really good five-point ship, and that unlocked a bunch of other things. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't disagree, but I think that it's probably in... Like, sitting down to start list building, I struggled to get to five ships that I actually wanted all of them. And that's... So I, I have to look at just doing more Aether sprites instead of any heavy hitter. Because I like having at least one three dice attack in there, so I was taking seven B. Yeah, um, yeah there's, like I said, I, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I'm sure there's more than enough in there, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So we'll see. We'll see. I think with the the changes they made in other ship areas, maybe they get it down to where it's a four ship list and not a five ship list, which I think in my mind would be ideal. And maybe things look a little bit different now that they can't pull that off. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Then scenarios. Then yeah, and unless you have something super special in the upgrades that you want to hit on, I don't think so. Um, out maneuvers twelve points. Oh yeah, yeah. That I that that's why I held this up here. The out maneuver slot is um like maybe not being used by out maneuver anymore. <laughs> maybe at twelve. I mean, so General Grievous is a great example because it used to be out maneuver and afterburners, but now it's just out maneuver. Because it synergizes really well with everything else that Grievous wants to do. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, that's it. So, yeah. All right, let's get into scenarios and we'll button this one up for the evening and let Chris go to bed early. So, the scenarios, uh, very top of the list, we should mention, is the scenarios go into effect on 615. Uh, so, we are currently recording this in late May. Um, so you still have a couple of weeks of playing the scenarios as they were written. Yeah, you, 
you don't have to just play the new one. Yeah, don't play the new it. ones. Like I, I'm I, just I ran the I ran these ones today, literally less than twenty four hours old, and we were running them. Yeah, the better. I probably I should. get I get the reason why they give that date though. Like if there's a big event this upcoming weekend and people have already paid their tickets and paid their money. Um, I'm thinking like your Adepticons, your the the big yeah. GT style. Cons. But I get why you have to do it for real events. But 99.9 yeah. recurring of people who will play X-wing, or games of X-wing aren't going to be played at that event. Right in that event. So just see. play, just play the. If you have, if you don't have a reason to not play these scenarios, just play them. The better. Uh, just flat out before, like no spoilers. They're just better. Like the. It does everything I I think they needed to do for each scenario. It's like chef's kiss. So you've done good. You've done well. Yeah. Okay. Right. Assault at the satellite array is the one that changed released. So we did not play this one today because it changed released. Like we didn't feel like we needed to mess around with it. But they did um, add a little rule to all of them, which is yeah. there's scoring for primary for those objectives doesn't happen until round two. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes perfect sense to be perfectly honest with you because I can't tell you how many games I've played or watched because I've been watching a lot of X-Wing lately um, thanks to the Gold Squadron pilot uh, podcast reporting their stuff out on YouTube I've been watching plenty of games um, where okay round one and then this is a three to two and you're already behind or you're four to one you're already behind it'd be kind of nice to be able to have like one turn to settle in yeah, I like it I think it so takes some of that pressure off um feeling like you have to play in a specific way well and i'm yeah, curious nice. to see how much how much turn zero stuff that affects to be honest with you because plenty of people and plenty of games that i've seen it's all the same scenario i'm gonna put one minimum as close to me so that i can score that one on turn one now maybe you're thinking well maybe that's not the best place for it maybe i want it over here instead maybe one over there instead yeah all right so that covers that one because legitimately that's the only rule change that happened there chance engagement yeah yeah so chance engagement is so with scoring uh, so the chain big change is starting on the second round at the start of the end phase a player earns one mission point if they contest the satellite a player contests the satellite if they have one or more ships at range zero to two of the satellite if only one player is contesting the satellite that player scores one additional mission point yeah so in the way i read this in my head which isn't the words that Sean said, because he read it correctly, not the way mm -hmm. I did it in my head. The last part is how it currently works. If yes. you are the only person near it, you get one point. Now, it ticks every turn. If you can bully the other person away, you get a bonus point. Yeah. Is how I, that's how I so, interpret it now. So the way that I read it is both players could get a mission point out of it, correct? Correct. Yeah, so as long so, so as... So basically, every oh, turn, there's two mission points up for grab. And either you're splitting them or... No, or... Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. You either split you split them or one person gets two. Yeah. Two, yeah. Or nobody gets any if you're not near. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, I, I actually like that change. That, that makes I like that feel... a lot. Yeah, it kind of... Because Chance was the slowest-paced scoring mission. It's the one that went to time most often. Uh, that's what all the data points to. So mm -hmm. having that passive tick of just... Uh, if you think about people are saying that games will last between four and seven rounds, so it's, we'll call it five rounds to be on the lower end of the average. That's been my experience. 
so you're getting four points a turn a game on top of what you were getting before. So you ho- you're only having to get to 16 now compared to the 20, 20 you were having to before, because generally people right. shouldn't have been scoring chance that often. Right. So it it kind of just ratchets up the pressure of the scenario a little bit that, oh, I, I have to actually do a killer. You know what I mean? It, it, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it'll end the games more, which I think is a good thing. I agree. Salvage Mission, which I have yet to play. Oh, um, no, I think I may have. Yeah, no, I've played this one. I take that back. Yeah. So this one, scoring, same as everything, starts on the second round. Yeah. There's a couple of good things on this, so uh, that might not be immediately apparent from your first read-through. But uh, for supply caches, you cannot pick them up until the second round. Either. You can't do the scenario action to interact with them until the second round. So you right. can't race over to one, pick it up turn one, and just not score it. You've got to wait until turn two. So if you put one too close, then you might fly past it. Yes. Um. Then if you're towing stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what it doesn't say, and then we'll cover what it's what's been added. Your stuff's been removed, and you can't add a color for text that you've removed. Right. So it's just well, gone. You can- you can make it red and strike it through if you no, really want yeah. to do but... but so it now there is nothing about performing advanced maneuvers whilst towing a, a crate. Mm-hmm. So now whilst you're towing a crate, you can do K turns, you can do talon rolls, you can do stops, you can do all of the advanced maneuvers. That's what used to be restricted. That was part of a mission. It is not there anymore. Right. You won't find it, which means it doesn't happen. There is nothing special about it. What it does say <laughs> is that after you perform a tow action, the ship removes any cloak token it has. That's remove it. You do not decloak. You just remove the token. Um, and after you are also whilst a ship is towing a supply cache, it cannot perform a barrel roll action. It cannot perform boost actions. It cannot, it cannot perform cloak actions. It cannot perform slam actions. And it cannot gain cloak tokens. I saw a game. <laughs> With uh, ISB jingoists just taking cloaking devices because they have an illicit swap and picking up crates, cloaking and run. My TIE fighter's <laughs> got five agility with an evade, just get wrecked. Come get me. Come yeah. Right. Um, so I kind of get it, you know? I totally get it. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think letting them do what's on the dial and stopping them doing this bullshit is yes. probably the better of the two options. I, I agree. But regardless of the remembering the dial part and go, oh, no, you know. So I did it, was it against you, Ed? I, I, we spoke about it, and then I went to do an advanced manoeuvre like halfway through a game. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Jesus, that's stupid. No, <laughs> that isn't a thing. It's just a, oh, I want to do this. I can't because they're talking. But yeah. Right. And the last, um, this one least, is my favorite change because all the transmission. Yeah. So all right. So they changed a couple of things um, in the placing of the objects. So let's try to hit on those. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing and then I'll kind of highlight what's changed on this. Uh, at start of the place obstacles uh, step of setup, place one satellite in the center of the board and center at range four to uh, four point five of all board edges. Then starting with the first player. Uh, players turns placing the remaining two satellites at range three. Uh, that was a change. Uh, when a player places a satellite, it must be with range two to four of the opponent's board edge. 
Once all three satellites have been placed, the player places the obstacles described in the rules reference. Obstacles cannot be placed and overlap. So this has been reduced to three, not five. Yeah. I really like it. I I like it. I like it a lot. Interesting. That's for sure. Because you're strategically now trying to balance what's best for you with what's worse for them by right. putting it by putting it within their their board edge space basically kind of interesting it is also yeah, you can't, is. Score, can't score these on the second turn and then the satellite features also change uh a satellite in this scenario feature uh may only have uh one player marker on it per time ships that uh can use the scenario action or interact with this with these scenario features uh starting with the second round i think they kind of co- covered that before and then last but not least, when performing the scramble action, choose a satellite range 0 to 1 and place your marker on it. If the chosen satellite has another player's on it, remove it and place your own. If there are no satellites in range, the action fails. The roll is gone. The roll is gone. Thank you. The roll is gone. Yeah. The one thing that drove me nuts about this particular mission is the number of times that I tried to flip that over and would fail the roll. Thank you, AFG. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. It is curious to me, like, I wonder the the, the thought process behind reducing it to three instead of five, because originally every scenario had five. And my guess would be is that this one was the one that finished the pack and that they were scoring too many points too quickly and they wanted to reduce that. That would be my guess. Yeah, this is one of, like, this one and... um salvage i think were two that had the biggest potential for um there to be that that thing we spoke about last time i know it was a month ago now but that pace of play and the rate at which you're scoring points i think the disparity was biggest in the potential for a bigger disparity was highest in these um and i think that taking this down to three satellites means that you cannot have as big a discrepancy but you because it's still an action to to actually flip them, you're still wasting de- you're wasting defense to flip them, which means if your opponent's focusing on offense, you know what I mean. It should bring it closer together. Um, yeah. So, In yeah, theory, I'm, I agree. I think this was a really good change. This is the one that's changed the most for me, and it's the one that I like the most. I I am so elated. I can't wait to play this mission again now because of those two changes. I think that's fantastic. But yeah, I'm I'm happy for you because <laughs> it just like I'm I said, like, there's no why there was a random thing, I don't know. But I do know because they're on record as having said that rolling dice is fun. Yeah, and I'm sure and that's it what is, it was. But rolling dice for something that should succeed like um seven like was it six out of eight times yeah and then it failing just feels bad and then yeah and that was my biggest argument with this one is there way too many feel bad moments especially for me specifically but i'm sure everyone else is feeling it too when you tried yeah. to flip that over and you failed the roll yeah so goodbye yeah. roll for scramble thank you thank you amg yeah. <laughs> as we know of course because they always cater to just us and just on this show they always listen to us they heard me say that and went, oh, yeah, we should probably change that for him. So thank yeah. you, guys. Uh, Ed feels bullied, so we should um, not do that. <laughs> yeah. That was good. I I think I don't really care about points because that's just normal. Yeah. And I, 
one of the things that distracted me earlier is someone mentioned me in a comment on Facebook. Um, I'm not going to use the name because I don't want to call people out or anything. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I was I was talking about the narrative of um, people complaining that the rules in the starter set aren't the actual rules. And I'm like, it's just an old... Like, it's okay. such a disingenuous narrative. Well, I, we've already had that conversation a couple of times on the show. I don't want to go over yep. that ground again. But um, someone said that it's not, not really an argument against 2.5. It's frustration about communication expectations. And it, they've gone to say, I was expecting a points change, not another set of rules changes or another list of banned cards. Um, to be specific, I was about to play a badass Mandalorian build of all the toys and the points list comes out and he is eight less ward out. I never even got him to a table. Right, right okay. So one, the points, this isn't, you, you don't have to play this until the 15th of June. Right. So just play your cool Mandalorian. Right. I was looking forward to playing eight FOs until they made you not be able to run eight FOs. Right. I get it. It sucks. But that's not, like, changing, complaining that something changed for points is irrelevant. Your stuff not fitting into your list is not a new thing. And then to say that you're you're expect like you're expecting a certain cat type of communication, right? Do you get like sad when you expect to win the lottery and then didn't? Like, <laughs> I I expected to like not so I I had pizza pockets my lunch because I'm poor now. And um <laughs> I took pizza pockets to work. And I got home and Joe had made the pizza. I, I expected to not eat pizza twice in one day. And then I had to, you know, like, fuck. But uh, why, would a, why would AMG do this? Why would AMG not manage my expectations better? I know, right? Like, <laughs> I, I invented this thing that I believe is a reasonable expectation and then they failed to meet it. Like, cool. There's a word for that. It begins with an L. It's an I, an F, an E. Oh, no, that's it. So it's just fucking life, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It happens. Man, I wanted this thing to happen, and then it didn't. It's a bit shitty. Don't know what to it tell is. you. So the the only downside of this is, of course, I went up to Yasby. I'm like, oh, did Yasby get updated? Yes. And for those who are curious, it is absolutely updated with the new points. And as I'm looking at that, I'm like, ooh. So my original squad for Vader uh, and all of that is actually one point over now because alpha's changed. So I'm going to have to toy with that. The other list that I had that I really like, Ooh, wow, look, look at the Thai Swarm. How the Thai Swarm? I'm two points under on the Thai Swarm. I can add another ship. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can go to now a seven ship Thai Swarm. We're not going to do, we're going to go Valen Rooter. We already talked about that. Yep, I can now run seven ties. So that is going to be interesting. So I've got all kinds of new stuff. It's one of the things I love about whenever points change. It gives you an opportunity to go through and re-examine some of your old lists and toy with them again. What was the other one that I looked at? I think one of my Rebel lists, I actually had, I think the points stayed the same, but yeah, the points stayed the same, but I now have a bunch of loadout that's different. So hmm. that'll be fun to play out with because now I've got more points to add better upgrades. So that'll be interesting. Well, that's it. I think that's all we wanted to cover tonight. Chris, I know you're kind of tired. I'm kind of tired myself. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make it, you know. We've only got like another half an hour of me berating you um, <laughs> and stuff before we close out. I'll, I'll try and get like hyped up for it. It's fine. 
Well, is there something else you want to cover, or am I missing no, it? Because no, I was about to Okay, I was going to say this. Is yeah, that's, else? that's, that's, that's it. The normal clause is half an hour of us taking a piss out of Ed. And... This is true. This is true. <laughs> so I'll start that off by saying, Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be here. And then Chris, always good talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. I, I had planned um, a show where we're going to look at the, um, the Rogue Cluster Fighter because we saw the dial and all of that. And um, a bunch of other stuff, but I was like, nah, this is probably a better show. Sometimes it works out when we miss a normal recording date because we would have recorded on the Thursday night and then Friday morning they dropped all of this. So, no, I think this was a more productive show. Quite fortuitous, I would say. Yeah. All right. So, I know you've got some housekeeping you like to do. So, why don't we let you go ahead and go through that? Ooh, that reminds me if you are a Patreon, I'll hit one real quick. In my pocket right now, I have got my evade tokens, my lack of evade tokens. I wanted to make sure to bring those. I'm like, woohoo, I got them in the mail. Thanks, Sean. I haven't even seen them yet because they've not arrived here yet because Canada Post is terrible. But, um, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of an issue getting those out, but they're out. And looks yeah, like people, people should them, start so. to be receiving them. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, we have the lack of stress. Uh, the lack of stress tokens are designed I just have to buy the acrylic and send it to Alan, he's going to cut them for us um, so that's cool uh, sorry Alan, this is on me I know uh, I know, I gave you some shit previously, but this is all on me you can you can abuse me on Discord as much as you like, because that's the place to hang out and abuse Chris and dice it Discord as he's listening to this right now, he's like, I'm writing that up right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, it should be going out to all of the patrons, and again, that's for everyone who was a patron last year. Uh, we're all caught up now, so we're actually the stress tokens will go out to all of the current patrons. Everyone who has been a patron in 2022, even if you cancel it now, you'll still get your stress tokens to queue all of the patrons weaving right. a no. dollar a show, and then you know, it cost me a fortune, but it's fine. It's been worth it. Uh, Sean was a massive help. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. Yep. And we'll be um, again on these. Yeah. Um, but no, you can support the show um, directly through the Lack of Focus Patreon. Generally, I say to people to do like a dollar a show is more than generous. If you want to do more, you can. But it is charged per show. Any additional content we do, um, we don't charge extra for, but Per scheduled show is uh, it's billed. If you'd rather just do a fixed amount per month, you can support Dice as a generic entity which supports all of my content, uh, and that is a Dice Hate Patreon. Or you can just you know phone me up, send me money, just mail it, mail it in. It's fine. Cold hard cash. Um, yep. It's it's good. Thick thick stacks. <laughs> thick stacks <laughs> of um, Vietnamese. Um, Oh, see, I knew oh this. you did know oh, this. Man, currency is what's it called? Oh, it's a dong. I, I'm glad I didn't because I, I was going. I, I would say I was going Wong. I was going, you know, get your Wong out. It's fine, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was confused by what having watched Doctor Strange, uh, but yeah, the Vietnamese dong. So how much is? Let's do it the other way around. So one dollar, eighteen thousand Vietnamese dong. It, one Canadian go. dollar. Send me stacks of uh, Vietnamese dong. I would love that. Definitely would like 
roll around in bed, just covered in dung. <laughs> look, look, man, where your mind takes that statement is up to you. If you're if you're imagining someone else about me rolling around in a bed full of dongs, that's up to you, man. But yeah, I'm just but saying. There's an interesting twist for the show ending. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. I told you, we've got half an hour of us riffing on uh, taking a piss out of bed now. Wait, how is this? How is this taking? You're the one rolling in a bed. No, of you're dogs, the one who imagined me. it. I was rolling around on a bed filled with Vietnamese currency. You're the one picturing other things. I mean, where your mind goes, it's up to you. It's up to me. 100% up to me. You're right. That is totally on me. <sighs> I mean, I wouldn't mind how much you enjoy that image. It's yours. Now you can cherish it. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be cherishing that one. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. What else have we done? Um, I finished listening to Horus Rising again. I got, I re bought the audiobook because I believe it had been modified slightly. So I've started the Horus Heresy series again. So that's been my book, my book club entry. Uh, oh, we should do something like that. We should, like, legitimately, we should do, like, I wish I, you had told me you were going to do that. Because, of course, I just started with um, Mark of Faith, which is the Sisters of Battle book, um, which has been fantastic. Like, I absolutely love the voice acting in this one. But if I had known you were doing that, maybe we should do that. Maybe. Well, uh, what am I? I start. I didn't go straight onto False Gods. I'm doing um, Hollowed Ground, which is the New Age of Sigma book about the two witch hunters, the father and daughter witch hunter team that they release models for. Uh, so I'm listening to that one now. So once we're done, we could uh, you can catch up and listen to Horus Rising. We can make uh, Sean listen to Horus Rising as well. I think it'd be um, good for him. He's getting a little bit into 40k. It'd be nice to know a little bit about the Horus Heresy and where it all came from. And it gives me an excuse to go back and revisit some of those books. I'm 100% on board. Yeah. Like we could yeah, do like, but... I mean, if you're doing it, I show is not sponsored by them, but I would highly recommend Audible. Um, Why is it the show sponsored by Audible? And we wouldn't we need should... to hassle everyone for a Patreon dong. I, I mean, know, dollars. Right? <laughs> we should fix that. We should 100% fix that. But I think that's a fantastic idea. If we want to go through and like do like an audiobook club once a month, like spend your token on it, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I'm on board. All right, oh, so the, uh, my I, next... I, oh, do I even have my token? Oh, I don't I, know. I still have one left because I had a break from Audible because I was too busy so, actually working. So, so I spent uh, like three in one go. So I've and got one. I, I got all the Sisters of Battle one. That's what I did. Yeah. Mine. Um, and then what else? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Ah, it's gone. It's fine. It'll come back. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Oh, that was always good. I I actually got an email from a games company asking if um I would review some games for them. Ooh, yeah, very I, cool. They reached out to me and everything. I was like, wow, I must be Ooh. a real boy. Look at that. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. So I'll, I'll have to start making some content again. It's great. I'm like, excited. But yeah, I've actually been working with um, Community Futures out of um, like Alberta. It's like um, a government-funded organization to help small businesses. So I'm trying to um, get the website redesigned so that can all come back up and working with them to try and um, do a real business plan to try and sort out all of the the bad parts of Dice Hate, like the fact that it was it hemorrhaged money because of COVID and investing in being able to cut do a bunch of event coverage and then there'd be no events. So yeah, hopefully, if all of that comes good, there might be scope for Dice Hate to actually be a real thing 
that I don't have to do full-time work on top of being a stay-at-home parent to not leave me any time to do the actual content creation side of it. So, yeah. That's the dream right there. Yeah. This is, we have all a serious talk right at the end, you know, for the, the hardcore fans to have that glimpse into Chris's life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's me. Thanks to everyone. You can also obviously email us at uh, podcast at gmail.com. You can put I'm going to be on it. The best way to communicate is on the Discord. I was uh, we've just had a, a few people have jumped in the Discord recently and uh, been pretty cool. I'm trying to get my uh, my painting started back up again. I posted my pictures of uh, Grub Targson. Tug, uh, There's an E in there. Grub Targson. Um, when I painted for Necromunda, he's one of the actual named hive scum. Uh, he's um, a, a fine fellow. Uh, so that was cool, and I'm going to try and do some more stuff like that. So uh, I do have a project behind me. It's all my Necromunda terrain I finally started working on. So building a, ta- a Necromunda table for to play at home. So yeah, that's my life for the foreseeable future. I just got the request from my youngest daughter, who was mentioning that summer is coming up, and she's like, you know, we only played like one or two games before, because watch- I was watching um some of the dallas open for 40k uh on the tv because all the kids abandoned me and i'm like cool i've got the living room to myself i mean i can put whatever i want on tv so i'm watching the dallas open and she comes in and goes you know we only ever played like two games i wish we played more at home and i'm like i can solve that problem in five minutes by setting up a table so that's legitimately one of my uh to do's for this week is to set up a small table with just a little bit of terrain so we can play yeah. like little 500 point games so that she can kind of have her fun and rolling some dice so I totally feel you. I'm going to be doing a table project myself here shortly. Yeah, that's cool. Oh yeah, that's it. That's all my stuff, Ed. So you feel free to close it out. All right. I'm sitting here peeling the stickers off of my lack of focus tokens right now. <laughs> I can see. It's the one downside. Like, I love these tokens. These are absolutely sharp, but like legitimately, it's the one downside is trying to scrape these stickers off. It's such a pain in the butt. But Yeah, what? that, that uh, I, I don't get paid enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't asking you to do that, but like I said, it is it, it can be a bit of a chore. But I, I did you know, one. I, I actually did one, and I'm like, ah, there's no way on the planet I can get all these. No, there's no way. Nor should you. But I'd still time, be working on them. In the time frame that Chris was giving his closing, I got all eight of my tokens all out of the package. Look at those sharp suckers. Yeah. I'm yep. a big fan. Big fan. All right, so that is going to do it. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to actually use them in person. Like I said, I'm I'm just gonna toss one little. I I have a little travel case that I keep. I'm gonna put my. I'm looking at my seven tie swarm list right here in front of me. I'm gonna put that together and put that in the box with my dice and everything. And you know, if a game of actual X Wing turns out on the table, so be it. It happens. I'm putting these in there for that. So in any case, that's gonna do it for this one. I hope everyone enjoyed, and of course, we will see you again in another two weeks and until next time guys we shall see you wait i almost did my youtube and dang it please you don't even do a youtube channel what you're talking about i know i almost did my i don't know why that came out of my head i have no idea until next time guys as always fly casual and ed's an (laughs) idiot because he put the wrong intro in the long closing like legitimately there was like muscle thank you once again for joining the lack of focus x-wing podcast check out dice hate productions for all the latest episodes and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode